I, I told Lavinia. Lavinia, darling, I say, why not grab one a selfie with that Oaf Clarkson? You know, before he cocks it or some such. That chap is off his Kaduva. Come along, ladies and gentlemen. Grave markers like this very rarely come to the open market. So this is a very unique opportunity. Are we all done, ladies and gentlemen? Third and last call. So, to the gentleman in the England football shirt and unflattering red shorts for 6,600 Oh, cracking. I'm never this lucky on eBay. The wife will love this. Birthday present, love. Happy birthdays. What the heck do I want with that hideous thing? Hideous? It happens to be a 9th century grave marker from Danelaw country. You said you wanted a stone for your birthday, didn't you? No, you cloth old fool. I said I wouldn't have minded something by the stones. Twistery Tales, the Richard Usher comedy podcast. Past rewritten before your very ears. Welcome to the August edition of Twistery Tales, kicking off with a story from relatively recent times. Back in 2013, BBC News reported that a rare Anglo Saxon gravestone was set to be auctioned in Dorchester. The gravestone, dating from the time of Alfred the Great, was expected to attract interest from museums and private collectors. Staying with stories from 2013 and the misadventures of some American tourists who managed to break a finger off a 14th century statue at a museum in Florence. Hey, look, honey. They got one of those guys that poses as a statue. Throw him a coin, Herb. See if he'll let us take a picture. That okay with you, fella? Okay. Hey, that's just great. Very realistic. Hey, let me shake you by the hand, fella. Leave it that alone, senor. Oh, crap. We'd better get out of here, Herb. Sure thing. And we'd better forget about taking your picture with David. A yank causing damage to a famous sculpture in more ways than one there. The statue in question was thought to be by the artist Giovanni D'Ambradio. If it comes up in a pub quiz and it helps you to win, mine's a pint of stout. Morning, Henrietta Lover. House tricks. Hello, dear. More bread, is it, dear? Nah, all sorted for me loaves. What it is, is this. They've passed some law that means I've got to find these boys here some useful work to do. Ooh, you want them to sweep me chimneys then, Bert? Nah, see, you can't no more. They've banned climbing boys as chimney sweeps. So I gets to thinking, maybe you could use some lads... In your pie shop, if you get me meaning. Oh, I see. Just leave them with me, love. I'm sure I can find a use for them. 
Come on, boys. Eat your gruel. Got to get you all fattened up, ain't we? Mrs Muggins, I've finished my gruel. Could I have some more? More? You want more? Of course you can, Oliver. I've got a big order to fill next Friday. A proper trip back in time there to the 7th of August 1840, when child labour for chimney sweeping was abolished by Parliament. Of course, in these days of austerity and apprenticeships, who knows, they might well bring it back. Now, speaking of crazy decisions, here's another tale from 2013, this time concerning the dear old bard and the British Library, who saw fit to block an online version of Hamlet due to the violent content. Ah, good afternoon, dear lady. Do please lower your voice, sir. This is a library. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. And I wish to conduct some research for my forthcoming appearance at the Haymarket with Hamlet. Oh, I see. You're an actor. And you're playing the day? Well, when I say forthcoming appearance with Hamlet, I, I refer to my audition piece. I, I have my father's skull with me for luck. Mm, was he an actor too? Nice to inherit a Yorick, a lovely prop. No, 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 no. Papa was a, a milkman, I believe. It is his actual skull. Well, if you would care to take a seat at that computer terminal, you can start with some online research, if that would suit. Thank you, madam. Hamlet. Soliloquy. I. I ate us. Make. Blocked by Jove. Blocked by Jove. Very well. Let us try. Bear. Bear. Bobkin. You're listening to Twistery Tales, the Richard Usher comedy podcast from Larynx Productions. Frankly, I think we're all agreed that this flagrant disregard for the business of running our council as a business uh, needs to be addressed. Aye, I agree with Ken. Public service and engaging with the community are all very well, but they don't improve the profit margin. Precisely, Margaret. Too much LEG, not enough Lord Sugar. And look which one's presenting The Apprentice, eh? Speaks for itself. Where is the Mayor, anyway? He's on his way. Right, everybody, uh, sunglasses on. Dim the lights, Ron. Oh, right Hello. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Sorry I'm late. These chopping chains are a bit tricky to get on at short notice. <laughs> the wife had to help me with the old dozen hooks and eyes. <laughs> now, uh, what's this emergency meeting all about? Uh, strangely enough, it's about your, uh, well, your bling. The council was assembled and voted to ban you from wearing these ridiculous chains of office from this moment on. Sure, Phoenix. That's not right. Come on, Ken. It's just a few bits of gold. What's the fuss? No fuss, and we don't want any fuss. Aye, so if you'll just place your ceremonial insignia on the table. It's political mugging. That's what this is. 
you've got a point. I do feel a bit lighter. Stories about local politics were all the rage back in 2013. That relatively recent twistry tale concerned the controversy over a Nottinghamshire council banning its directly elected mayor from wearing his chains of office. And from the rattling of chains to the rattling of teeth. And this final bit of twistery will certainly set your gnashers on edge. Back on the 15th of August 1848, the dental chair got its official patent. Good morning, sir. <laughs> mm. uh, good morning. Uh, welcome to the U.S. Patent Office. And you are? Milton Waldo Hanchett at your service, sir. Uh, most folks call me Waldo. Well, uh, Waldo, how can we help? I'd like to register a patent for this here invention of mine. Okay, let me see. Clearly, it is a chair of some kind. Indeed it is. Mm -hmm. It's my hatchet posture-supporting interrogation uh -huh. device. Yeah. Uh -huh. As you can see, it has uh, padded leather straps to hold the subject in place uh, as an interrogation proceeds. Uh, the padding alleviates any additional stress for the subject and lulls them into a false sense of security. <laughs> Why would we need uh, such a device in a time of relative peace for our nation? Well, in the recent war with Mexico, we'd have had a greater advantage had we been able to extract information. The campaign might have ended sooner. My device makes interrogation more humane yet effective. A uh, key question, Mr. Hanchett. Is it safe? Fully, sir. It has been rigorously tested. Is it safe? Sure, sure. Is it safe? My wife found it mighty comfortable. Gave up her secret fried chicken recipe in under an hour. <laughs> Is it safe? Uh, yeah. How long did it take to design and build? Months, sir. Months of hard slog. I'll be honest, sir. At times it was like pulling teeth. Hey. Wait a minute. You have been enduring another edition of Twistery Tales, the Richard Usher one-man comedy podcast. Music courtesy of bensound.com. Twistery Tales is a larynx production. Hey, hey. Can't you join me here live from Walton Prison in Liverpool as we witness preparations for what will be the historic 62nd. Officiating at this historic event is Mr. Albert Crostich, here tending to the last few essential finishing touches. Finishing touches? <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> How have you found the transition from racehorse trainer to state-appointed executioner, Mr. Crostich? Oh, it's not so different, to be honest with you. At the start of a race, I'd be checking the tack over, tending to the horse. Uh, they get so very nervous. The nearer you get to the big moment, a <laughs> bit like this fella. <laughs> Same approach, though. Gently pop the hood over the head so they can't see what's going on. What the eyes don't see, the hooves don't kick at. <laughs> and is there a last meal involved, too? Missus always makes me a lovely shepherd's pie. All sort of had oatmeal, goes without saying, and uh, I've taken the same approach with Alan here. <laughs> nice bit of grub, eh, Alan? Good lad, good lad. <laughs> it's 
steady, steady. We'll soon be ready for this historic event, the 60-second judicial execution here at Walton, the first back in 1887. It's a two-horse event, convicted murderer Peter Anthony Allen going at 10 to 1 here in Liverpool, and over at Strangeways in Manchester, it's the accomplice Gwyn Owen Evans at 11 to 1. And now I'm told the team are ready in Manchester. Uh, Mr. Albert Kostich and his front runner, Peter Anthony Allen, are raring to go. And we're off! <laughs> <laughs>